It can be hard being gluten-free, especially at Christmas time and during the holiday season. That's why I thought it would help to speak to a great chef who knows what they're doing in the kitchen. I've spoken to this person before, pun intended, on this podcast and couldn't wait to have them back to share some gluten-free Christmas food tips. Get your Christmas and cooking gear ready. You're in for a gluten-free treat. That's on today's episode of a gluten-free podcast. Hey, welcome to a gluten-free podcast, the show where we'll be exploring all things gluten-free. I'm your host, Ben. Whether you have celiac disease like me, you're gluten-free for other reasons, or you just want to learn more about the gluten-free diet, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to a gluten-free podcast. This is a weekly show where I talk to people about some really helpful and inspiring things that they're doing in the gluten-free community and I also share my own story of having celiac disease and being gluten-free. Before we get into the episode today, I would like to take the time to acknowledge the land on which I'm currently recording this episode on right now and where my family and I have the absolute privilege to live on. This is, was and always will be Gundungara country and the Gundungara people are the true custodians of this land. I'd like to pay my respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and acknowledge the stories, traditions, and living cultures of all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Also, I'm not a medical professional in any way, so anytime you hear anything on this podcast, spoken by myself or my guests, please just always remember to seek out your own personal medical advice when it comes to doing anything to your own health or your diet, because what works for me and my guests may not work for you at all. So please always remember to do that. Okay, let's get into the episode today. My guest on today's episode is former MasterChef Australia contestant, Melanie Person. We'll talk about what Mel's been up to since competing in MasterChef, some gluten-free food tips for Christmas time, and what Mel's up to in 2023. Well, Mel, thanks so much for joining me back here on the podcast. It's my pleasure. It's good to be back. Uh, yeah, last time we spoke, season 14 of MasterChef was in full swing airing. And uh, yeah, you took part on there as a contestant and it was awesome to see you on there making gluten-free food. And uh, yeah, for those who don't know, you have celiac and Hashimoto's. And for the listener who hasn't listened to that episode, I encourage you to, to go back and listen to that interview with Mel. Um, but yeah, and that was episode 23. And we chatted about Mel's diagnosis and, uh, and your experience on, on MasterChef. Um, so yeah, Mel, what have you been up to since MasterChef? I feel like that was like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it's been such a hectic year since then. Yeah. Um, I mean, I from MasterChef, I mean, I, I got a publishing contract for my cookbook, which has been amazing, but it's been um, a lot of work <laughs> and trying to juggle that with my PhD full time. Like it's a lot, but, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's been great. Yeah. Wow. And the cookbook, is that getting released pr- pretty soon? Uh, no. So it's something I have to keep, unfortunately, letting people know, but it's the publishing process, especially for like, you know, large photographic books is very long. So, uh, I think even once, even once my sort of draft was sent off like a little while ago, like we're still tweaking it. And then I don't think it's due for release until probably September, October, 2023 ish. 
Okay. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that for sure, though. And, yeah, hopefully um, it'll be worth the wait. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you were doing a PhD in children's literature as well. Is that right? Yes, yeah. that is right. And and you're still ongoing with that? Yes, I am. I'm going into my last year of it, actually, which cool. feels kind of exciting, but also incredibly daunting at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So for anyone who watched you on MasterChef Australia and follows you on social media, um, will know you're an absolute weapon in the kitchen. Um, and <laughs> like, hence why I wanted to get you on here to share some tips. You know, we're coming up to Christmas time. This will be, this episode will be released pretty close to Chrissy. Uh, and yeah, I thought we could just talk about some tips around, you know, gluten-free food at Christmas time. And as we all know, Christmas can be a super stressful time, you know, without dietary requirements, but when <laughs> dietary requirements are involved, you know, being gluten-free, it's no exception. So, um, yeah, it can be tricky navigating the Christmas gatherings and the parties, um, especially with family and friends. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to know how you approach, uh, food at Christmas time and, and what you're planning on, on making this year. Well, absolutely. I feel like Christmas is, well, actually any kind of holiday season, you know, it's one of those times when you really realise that, you know, being celiac has definitely has social ramifications, put it that way. You know, everybody, we're sort of used to dealing with that on a small scale, but then hanging out with, you know, it's often your extended family and and everything. So I know it can be very, very daunting. Um, for us this year, actually keeping it very simple, it's just immediate family. So it's quite, it's going to be a simple one. Okay. And I think that's kind of something that, um keeping it simple is like a motto of my life. Not usually in cooking, to be honest, I tend to like to try and push myself a bit, but when it comes, when it's already such a hectic social time, you know, and there's so much pressure around food and around, you know, family gatherings. And often everybody's like, you know, just stretched to the limit after a busy year. So just keep it simple. Remember that a lot of the classic, you know, Christmas food, most of it is naturally gluten-free anyway. So, you know, that would be my best approach, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very good advice. And just, yeah, keeping it super simple because yeah, it's the end of the year and we're already knackered. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> um, let's, let's not push it, push it too far. You yeah. Know? Yeah. True. True. Um, but yeah, do you have like a top three, you know, sort of easy gluten-free Christmas recipes, for example, like a starter, a main and a dessert that you could share with listeners? Um, well, I think, you know, I mean, the tried and tested classic for Christmas is often like seafood and then some kind of meat and then some kind of dessert, right? Like yeah. I mean, something Christmassy. I think for this year, for us, we're going to, we want to do prawns as an entree, but I'm sort of doing it kind of Vietnamese style. So it's, I think I'm going to grill some prawns with lemongrass and coriander and ginger and probably some fish sauce, all the really delicious stuff. Not super, I don't know, Australian, I guess, but it's going to taste really Yum. good. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, and then for mains, I'm planning some pork belly and then like a really, you know, it's so hot in Australia at Christmas. I, I'm not feeling like a big chunky roast. So I'm doing like a like a really light salad-y kind of thing. So we've got the pork belly and the prawns and then, you know, lots of herbs like, you know, Thai basil and mint and coriander and maybe some cold noodles and just lots of freshness. That's what I'm feeling this year. Nice. Yeah. Keeping it fresh and just, yeah, as you said, it's just so hot in Australia during Christmas time usually. And, um, yeah. And you are over there in Perth, aren't you? So you'd yes. probably be, yeah, baking there. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be yeah, a hot exactly. one. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's the thing as well. Like 
I think pavlova is a classic and it's great for dessert, but it's often it's people, it's quite hard to make around summer or at least it can be, you know, if humidity is a factor and stuff, like people often wonder what's gone wrong with their pavlova. It's not normally the recipe. It's just the, it's just the atmosphere. It's not working with you. So yeah, I think yeah. for dessert for us, I think um, try and keep it with those Southeast and Southeast Asian flavors a bit. I think I'm going with a lime and ginger curd kind of tart maybe. With some meringue, so, you know. Nice. Yeah. And will you make the meringue or do you buy that uh, just like pre-packaged? I'll probably make it, but, you know, there's nothing stopping you from just buying it. That's what I mean. Keep it simple. Where you can. for sure. Like meringue from a box is perfectly adequate, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've never tried to, I've never attempted to make meringue, um, but my wife has. She's a bit more... Of, you know, she's got a little bit more experience and she's a bit of a, be- <laughs> a better cook <laughs> in the kitchen. But um, yeah, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, people have got to I do mean, what they got to do. If you want a simple meringue to go on like, you know, tarts and stuff, my um, I posted a recipe about a Swiss meringue the other day, which is where you just dissolve the egg whites and sugar and then you just whip them up. And it's okay. really great. That's like the most stable meringue I make and it's just super simple. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds like something I could probably accomplish. Yeah. Well, exactly. Pe- yeah. like, people sort of hear like, oh, Swiss meringue, it sounds fancy, like unfamiliar, but it's actually the easiest thing to make. It's my favorite. Nice. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah, well, you know, if, if someone is told something that's gluten-free, uh, you know, the presumptions will usually happen at, especially at Christmas time, um, but for people who are kind of, you know, ignorant about different foods and different diets, um, yeah, they kind of want to see impressive food on the table some of the time. And, um, people who are not on a gluten-free diet can't really know that gluten-free food can be awesome. Like we're talking about right now, all the stuff you're talking about sounds amazing. Um, but <laughs> what would you say is like the most impressive looking, but easy Christmas recipe that will just blow people's idea of what gluten-free is right out of the park. It's also gluten-free. I really struggle with this actually because I feel like impressive, like show-stopping food that's also easy and that's impressively gluten-free kind of exists on one of those diagrams, whereas it's like yeah. choose two. You can't have all three, you know. Like if <laughs> you it's cannot have both. gluten-free and a showstopper, it's probably not going to be easy. Okay. Um, I For things like that, I like to stick to like cakes and stuff. Everybody loves a good cake. And I feel like once you realise that, um, once you sort of know the ins and outs of, you know, the basic gluten-free baking, like I don't, for a cake, it's relatively simple to convert stuff to, to being gluten-free and most people would never ever know. One of my best hints for that actually is to keep a cake really moist is to basically, I always tend to use a half half gluten-free flour and then half that portion of almond meal as well. And that way you get a really similar kind of crumb texture to what you would get in a wheat cake, or at least what I remember a wheat cake to be like, Mm. you know, six, seven years ago, (laughs) but it's really good. And I've, you know, no one ever complains about my cake. So that's, you know, I take that as a good sign. That's so true, isn't it? The almond meal is really versatile and it's, it tastes, it always tastes so good when it's put into cakes and things It, it holds that moisture, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially because gluten-free food can go stale so quickly, you know, yeah, it can true. be a really tricky one. So I think I find almond meal it kind of works doing half and half means it keeps its moisture without making the whole thing taste like nuts. So it's a good, good kind of workaround. All right, Mel, you're invited to a Christmas party with your chef celebrity idols <laughs> and, and everybody's asked to bring a plate. What's yours? 
Oh, possibly some shoe pastry maybe again, like, but maybe instead of cream puffs, maybe something more impressive like a Paris breast or something, you know, like a really huge fancy thing with lots of chocolate and caramel and nuts. Everyone likes that. Can't go wrong. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I think everybody would be happy with that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Actually, maybe I should do something like that for Christmas on Instagram, like a wreath, but it's a Paris breast. That's a great idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yum. <laughs> I would love to see that. I, I I don't know if I could attempt that myself, but <laughs> it sounds really good. All those things, it's, you know, it's sort of complex from a perspective that it might take time because there's multiple elements, but normally, you know, the individual techniques needed for each element is is not insane it's not out of there but people just sort of tend to see a recipe with multiple elements and freak out but if you can kind of get over that it's um you know they're usually pretty accessible and trial and error too right like like i've had so many fails in the kitchen um i I, I think i've got like gotten a lot better and i'm getting a little bit more confident in it but like the amount of fails i've had i'm just like no just persisting and just being like okay it's gonna be better next time Oh, absolutely. I mean, I still have fails, you know, like even for things that I think are super simple and I never screw up anymore. Like I posted a cake not too long ago and I make curd all the time. My curd is always really thick and lush. And for some reason, this one just didn't thicken. And I was like, you know what? To hell with it. I'm not I'm not going to fake it and make a new one and act like everything's fine. I'm just going to own up and say that it was a bit of a stuff up, but it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah fair it enough. Good. Like, I feel like more people need that kind of need to realize that mistakes happen no matter how long you've been in the kitchen for. And that's okay. Don't yeah. let it take them off. And I guess at Christmas time, like everybody's sort of freaking out that like, it's like the only opportunity to make like an impressive dish. And if it, if one thing fails, <laughs> if one element fails, they'll, they'll like freak out about it. Um, do you think that like sometimes the fails can sort of lead to something else? You can make something out of that fail I mean, probably. It depends what it is. I mean, in the case mm. of because I've got Pavlova and meringue on the brain because it's Christmas, I mean, my favourite thing to do is make an eaten mess, which yes. people think it's fancy. Just break your dodgy meringue yeah. up, chuck it in a glass with some cream and berries, and you're yeah. laughing. No one's going to turn that down. It's delicious. That is what I was thinking. That was the number one thing I was thinking. If someone was like, <laughs> for example, taking a pav to like a, a Christmas party and they had it in the car and accidentally chucked their bag or something, <laughs> like you know, one, of the, <laughs> one of the kids sat on it or something, it's like, oh. Oh, it's like, oh, well, eat on mess. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's totally salvageable. And that's yeah. one of those things that you can absolutely buy the meringue, you know, nests or drops or whatever from the from the from the supermarket. And no one's gonna know that you didn't make it yourself. So that's that's the easiest like five minute dessert hack ever. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> do, you, do you have any other food or Christmas related tips for people, you know, food food related or otherwise? Around Christmas, beyond beyond, just keep it simple and don't put too much pressure on yourself, I guess. I think it's not something I've sort of struggled with because I've been celiac for a while now and all my family are really understanding. But I, from what I can gather from other people's experiences, I know it can be really hard um, to kind of negotiate the social the social side of having celiac, you know, like it might come to the point where you have to say, look, I'm sorry, I can't eat that. And, you know, you don't want to offend friends and family and all that. I know it can be hard, but look after your health because, you know, the last thing you want is to be sick on Christmas or Boxing Day or whatever. And yeah, it can, I know it can be really tricky, but, you know, you have to, you can only put others first to an extent, you know, you have to look after your health. So just be mindful of that, I guess. Yeah, cool. I know that's um that's a really good tip as well. 
Yeah. So what what does next year look like for you? You were talking about the um the cookbook coming out, and um, yeah, you're going to continue with a PhD. Yeah, I mean, look, I'd like to think it's going to slow down, but <laughs> it's not looking like a relaxing year is on the forecast. I am actually going on holiday in February to Japan, which is very exciting. Nice. Um, although I haven't been since I've been celiac, so that's also oh. kind of scary. Um, but otherwise, you know, the book's coming out and my PhD is will be in its in its last kind of legs. So I'm hoping that my holiday in February will be my, well, it will be my last hurrah before I really dive into the final leg of the race for a lot of other things happening. And I would, at some point, I'd like to start doing some, you know, virtual cooking classes maybe. I think doing them in person is a bit hard for me at this stage, but definitely would like to do virtual lessons. But, you know, it's about finding the time (laughs) to squeeze it in somewhere. I'm sure everyone would, yeah, be super keen to jump on those lessons as well, me, me included. <laughs> I would oh, I mean, sign I'd love me up. It. So yeah. much fun. You know, I like doing that stuff. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just, you know, finding time to organize it and then to, you know, I want it to be, yeah, I, I want it to be good. I don't want to half-ass it essentially. So, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. people have been asking about it and, you know, it's definitely something I know people want and I'm super, super keen to do it. Um. But, yeah, at the moment I just don't have the time to dedicate to it uh, that I would like to, so I haven't. Fair enough, yeah. And, um, yeah, Japan seems like it's an awesome place to to go for gluten-free options and, and eating out. Um, and most uh, most Japanese meals can be sort of – they are gluten-free basically by oh, – I haven't heard great stuff, to be honest. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a bit worried. I think for – I'm not – Super concerned because I um I mean I speak some Japanese and I'm fully prepared to take a proper translation card. I mean my Japanese is a bit bit iffy these days, but I certainly can mm. communicate enough to sort of you know politely say I'm really sorry I can't eat this. What can I you know? But the um obviously the fear for a lot of people is shared fryers and soy sauce in just about everything. So uh, I think I will probably be eating quite a lot of steamed rice and maybe some eggs and some, some bland veggies, but I'm taking, I'm planning on taking a lot of my own stuff. I'll take my own sauces and um, where we're staying, I've actually got access to a little kitchen. So I think oh, I'll be- that's great. Yep. Yeah. That makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's yeah. just one of those things you kind of forget that you need to plan for, you know, with COVID and everything having happened, it's been so so long since I planned a holiday that I hadn't, you know, considered that aspect of um, having celiac. So just another another fun little um, roadblock, I guess, but it'll be fine. That'd be awesome. And hope you have a, a really safe and, and happy time there. Yeah. yeah, thanks. I mean, I'll be keeping everyone updated on, you know, hopefully what I can eat and where I can eat, assuming I find places to eat, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll yeah. be watching out for that for sure. But yeah, um, Mel, look, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know that you are a very busy person, um, but yeah, can you let the listener know how they can, you know, find your recipes online and follow you on social media and um, and and buy your book as well when it's out, if, if you've got details around that already? Uh, you know, I mean, it, I don't have many details exactly around when the book will be out or pre-sales, et cetera, but um, everything I do is through social media these days. I just don't have time to maintain a website, but I've got a uh, link in my bio where you can sign up for updates about the cookbook. Um, and that's, I don't, I don't send spam or anything. I'll literally just be sending out an email when pre-sales become available and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but then, yeah, as for recipes, they're all all through my Instagram and you're welcome to message me for, you know, a bit more help if you can't find something. If you know I've posted something and you can't find it, I'm always pretty receptive to DMs and stuff. So, yeah, never never be shy about reaching out and saying, hey. <laughs> awesome. And your um your handle is the Hungry Celiac? Oh, the, yeah, the, I should the very hungry that. Sorry. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Very Hungry Celiac, yes. <laughs> Awesome. And will you be posting a fair few sort of Christmas related um, recipes on there leading up to Chrissy? I hope so. The plan is to do so. Um, the plans don't always follow through. So I don't want to commit myself now. And totally then the understand comes that. out and it turns out I haven't posted anything. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, that is the plan. I'll be trying. Awesome. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for that, guys. And um, yeah, look, Mel. You're just, yeah, you're an awesome, awesome cook. Um, I love everything that you do. Uh, it was so cool to speak to you last time and it was yeah great to hear some tips from you around, you know, eating gluten-free for people this, um, yeah, this episode. So I'm probably going to hop in the kitchen now and try and make something. Um, but <laughs> yeah, look, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. Yeah, no worries. I love coming on. So anytime you're happy to have me and yeah, happy Christmas. Enjoy your holidays. <laughs> <laughs> awesome thanks mel no worries bye thanks so much for taking the time to join me here on a gluten-free podcast if you're enjoying it and think someone else would too please share it with them also i'd really appreciate you giving a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on you can find me on instagram at a.gffamily or send an email to a family at gmail.com I'll add all this info in the show notes. Until next time, bye for now.